You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question comes from Casey. Casey wants to know about Deuteronomy 139. I will read it. Moreover, your little ones who you said would become a prey and your sons who this day have no knowledge of good or evil shall enter there and I will give it to them and they shall possess it. Now you can give us more context in a minute. But what Casey's question is, is about the phrase, no knowledge of good or evil. She wants to know, is this a callback to the tree of knowledge of good and evil in Eden? She says, it seems like that is language that would have immediately, you know, brought that to the Israelites' mind. If so, does this hint at some kind of age of accountability? And she says, I think no, because we're born sinners, right? (laughs) Or is it because the Israelites had failed to educate their children about God's laws and character? Uh, Yes, no, yeah, no. (laughs) Great catch, Casey, great catch. As you'd anticipate, I'm going to say something. Context is critical. So uh, let's frame up this passage because Deuteronomy is the second law giving. Deuteronomy is after the failure of Kadesh Barnea in Numbers chapter 14, where Israel has wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Everybody 20 and older, dead. Yep. One long funeral procession for 40 years. Now, they're coming into the land. Joshua is taking charge. And this instruction, your little ones who you said would become prey, and that's P-R-E-Y, not prey, and your sons who this day have no knowledge of good or evil. Casey is exactly right. This is used for the age of accountability is one of the proof texts for that. Hmm. There's no age in the Bible that talks about an age of accountability. It makes common theological sense that a child would be a certain age. But let's go back to the passage for a minute. So the children, they were not responsible for their parents' sin. Yeah. Those who were 19 and down were considered adolescents, and I mean, much younger. All they, of these kids were born in the wilderness, right? Like, well, some yes and no. I mean, Maybe they were real little. Well, you know, no, because you got everyone 20 and over's dead. Okay. So anybody 19 and down would come out 39 years of age and change into the land. Got it. Okay. 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 And Joshua and Caleb, of course, are in their 80s at this point. Right. So they're all children in some respect. All their parents died. The passage is saying, I'm not going to hold your children responsible for the parents' failure at Kadesh Barnea not to believe me. Maybe they were cowards to go in the land now which would be understandable. They don't know the stories. And, you know, the Lord's going to give them land incrementally as they Mm -hmm. fight these battles. Mm -hmm. Who wants to go after 40 years wandering the wilderness to go fight battles in a land that's not yours? This is not real appealing unless they're focused on what God said and Joshua and Caleb's leadership. So the children, first of all, aren't responsible for their parents' sin. That's the, the context. So if we appeal to this generic idea about the age of accountability, Infants and children that are so young, they're 100% dependent on their parent. They can't do anything for themselves. You've got small children, Hannah, you know this. At some point, they're going to be accountable. Now, the Jewish bar mitzvah and bet mitzvah, the son of the law, a daughter of the law, are ceremonies in some Christian traditions, age of confirmation. I was confirmed as a Roman Catholic kid. That was my age of accountability. I have some Reformed friends that they won't hold a specific date, but they truly believe that in some fashion they oversee their child's faith until such a time where they are accountable. And again, that that opens up 
several cans of worm. But every parent knows, I mean, you, you've breastfed your three kids. They bite you. Yeah. They fight you. Yeah. You're trying to feed them. They yeah. are unhappy. Yeah. When you change the diaper, they arch their back. Yeah. They pitch a fit. My children didn't do anything. No, yours didn't. No, no, my, my grandchildren never no, did that. Never, never. They are sinners. Yeah. So how do we say when they're accountable? Right. And that's where this gets real gummy. In Numbers chapter 14, this is, I think, very helpful. In chapter 14, verse 28, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, I will surely do for you. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness, even your numbered men, according to the complete number from 20 years old and upward who grumbled against me. Surely you will not come into the land which I swore to settle to you, except Caleb and Joshua. Your children, however, whom you said would become prey, this is the context, I will bring them in and they will know the land which you rejected. As for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness. They will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. So back to her original observations, slash questions. Whether they understood the knowledge of good and evil back to the tree, I don't know. I, I like what she's observing there. I wouldn't be bulldogmatic on that. They didn't know about their parents' sin. That's the point of what he's saying there. Secondly, I can't give you an age of accountability. In general terms, we say, yes, a person comes of age when he or she can believe. Some might believe at four. Some might not grasp it. We haven't asked Dr. E on this, okay. so we'll link that in these show notes. Perfect. And then lastly, again, the, the context where, where uh, Casey says, uh, I'm curious about what Moses may have been telling them by using it. Mm. I think they understood it. I think they understood what Moses and Joshua are telling them at this point, because your parents sinned, the children aren't guilty of that, but there are consequences of taking this land. That, of course, was God's plan all along, how they're going to have to take the land, but this is what's in store for them. I'm not going to hold them accountable. At some point, they're on their own faith. How does that line up? It seems like that contradicts several verses in scripture where the Lord says, I will hold them accountable for their father's sins for a bajillion generations. I'm speaking. So, so the generational sins is, a, that'd be a great, that'd be a great several Dr. E questions. Number one, this idea of going back and repenting for your parents, parents, parents' sin is just false theology. There are consequences. If you're born into an alcoholic family, or your dad's dad was an abuser and your mom married an abusive person. And then you, you know, there's this, I think that's what the wisdom literature is telling us. The sins of the father visit on the children. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it means you got to go back and cast demons out of three generations before, like some of these people do, or that this is a consequence of their sins. If that was true, we'd all have some legacy and heritage where there's egregious sin in our past that we inherited, quote unquote. So each person stands on his or her own feet. But the Jews, of course, were a chosen nation. And they were to be raised in a theocracy where God and government were one. So you have to keep that in mind when you're talking about the Jewish nation. There was no differential between government and politics and kings. It was all supposed to be God was king and we're following it, which they did not. So the consequences of these parents' sins, I don't think is the way it's popularly explained. I do think there are natural consequences. Again, an alcoholic parent might have an alcoholic child you know, et cetera, abusive parent, abusive marriage. And they go back to it because it's all they know. I think that's more in line with what the passage is teaching. 
All right. Well, if you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The contact info is in our show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context Ministry. That means we've got two other shows and a ton more biblical resources on our website at michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.